Hello, and welcome to the Amberlight Public Speaking Podcast. This is going to be a very short episode this week because I am absolutely snowed under, but I did want to make sure I got out some kind of episode, so this is going to be a very brief one. Firstly, I'll just start with a quick reminder that, of course, there is no sponsor for this podcast, so please consider going along to amberlightapp.com and purchasing the Amberlight's speech timer application for iPad and iPhone. Um, if you can't do that, then please go along to Twitter and follow us there, or there's Google Plus and Facebook. Uh, all the links are in the show notes, so have a look there and um, either purchase the app or follow us on social media, which would really help us out. This week I was flicking through the Penguin Book of Historic Speeches and I saw an excellent quote right at the beginning of the book. I should warn you, while most quotes are piffy sound bites, this one will need a little more unpacking. I've got this quote in the show notes if you want to read it at your leisure. The quote is from William Hazlitt. The business of the orator is not to convince but persuade, not to inform, but to rouse the mind, to build upon the habitual prejudices of mankind, for reason of itself will do nothing, and to add feeling to prejudice and action to feeling. So let's break that down. Firstly, there is a difference between convincing and persuading, even though these days most of us use the words interchangeably. If we convince someone of something, then we have changed their mind. If we persuade someone of something, then we have caused them to act differently. It's a subtle difference, but an important one. How many times in your life have you been persuaded to do something even though you were convinced it was a bad idea? Maybe a friend persuaded you to go out drinking on a work night, even though you knew it was a terrible idea. Maybe your partner persuaded you that you should both buy a big, expensive SUV, even though you knew you would never realise all of the supposed benefits of this expensive monster. What this tells us is that it's easier to persuade than to convince it's easier for a politician to persuade us to vote for them than to convince us they are right. It is easier for a manager to persuade us to work on their project than it is to convince us it will d deliver benefits. And it's easier for a parent to persuade their child to eat their broccoli than it is to convince them that it is tasty and will make them strong and healthy. Of course, persuading may be the first step on the road to convincing but we must persuade first. Hazlitt then goes on to say that it's better to rouse the mind than to inform. This again seems like a subtle distinction, and this time it's harder to discern what he may mean. The way I interpret this is that to inform someone is just a recitation of dry facts. Newsreaders inform us. They show us statistics and tell us about civil wars in countries far away. Newsreaders rarely engage us. They do not get angry about people starving in the world or the latest atrocity. As public speakers, 
It's not enough to present facts like newsreaders and expect that this is enough to move people to action. We must start a fire in their minds like burning coal in a steam engine. But how? Hazlitt goes on to say that we should build upon people's prejudices, convert prejudice to feeling, and convert feeling to action. Also note the aside where he states that reason alone will do nothing. First, we should be careful to note that while the word prejudice has negative connotations, that's not what Hazlitt means here. He's not talking about racism or sexism or any other prejudice against a minority group. He simply means that people have biases. The speaker should know what those biases are, build upon those biases to create feeling, and then take that feeling and convert it into action. Let's look into what this means. The traditional view of oration was that we should use logic and reason to win our arguments. If our logic and reason is solid, then we will win the argument. The problem with this approach is that it assumes we have a perfect audience. It assumes that the audience will respond to logic. It, assu it assumes that they will understand the logic no matter how complex the path it takes. It assumes that the audience have left their prejudices at the door and are willing to listen with an open mind. Fat chance. The truth is that all of us are very different. We learn at different speeds, we have different knowledge and experience, and we all have our own biases. What we must try to do instead is to try, fi try to find common ground with our audience. We start by taking the things we have in common with the audience and then build on those to make our new arguments. If you're a politician and you want to argue to lower taxes, then you start by saying, hey everyone, we all hate paying taxes, don't we? And everyone nods and says yes. Then you can go on and say how awful it is that we have to pay all this money and wouldn't it be better if we paid less? If you're a politician and you want to raise taxes, you start by saying, we want our borders protected by a military ad adequately staffed and armed, don't we? And everyone nods and says yes, and then you go on to argue how you must raise taxes to equip our military. Hazlitt's point is that if you want to get what you want, you must persuade your audience to do something. And the way you do that is by appealing to what they already believe, stir in some emotion so they are engaged, and then you send them forth to do what is necessary. And so now I give you your call to action. Next time you make a speech that requires you to persuade, think of Hazlitt's advice and apply it yourself. Well, that's it for this very brief episode. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you got something from it. As always... Go to amberlightapp.com, read about the app. Um, you'll see links there to all the various social media bits and bobs. They're also in the show, show notes as well, so follow us, retweet, all of those good things, and uh, help me out. I will catch up with you again next week, hopefully with a longer episode. Until then, take care. Bye.